Again, everybody, welcome to the second episode of Strangers in the Alps. Hey, and uh, we're here to uh, talk all types of things. Um, we talked about last night, we kind of had a little lead in from our first episode. Yeah, uh, we were gonna talk about paranormals and ghost stories and ghost hunting and paranormal things. So, well, you did give us a startling uh confession that if you could pick one job in the world. It would be ghost hunting, and I'm not exactly sure what that says about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what do you think it says? What, what would your expert reading of me be? From that? <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not a I'm not a psychologist, you know, yet. But um, man, uh, there are so many jobs in the world. I just don't know. If ghost hunting would be the one I would pick. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a, it's a it's a fantasy. It's kind of like escape from reality for me because Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. I've always been sure. attracted to like all the kooky, creepy, weird stuff. You know, the things that the outliers in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, I think it's just uh, to be to be honest, I just get bored so easy with everything. Yeah. And like even, even things I enjoy, like there's there's. We were talking about guitar playing last time, and there's times I, I sit down the guitar for weeks at a time, or even months at a time, you know. Sure. And as much as I love it, I just kind of get bored because I'm not progressing or or whatever. I'm not going to psychoanalyze myself about that, but but I just uh, it's it's just one of those things that is it, you know it's kind of kind of another escape, another interest, another yeah. another thing that's another squirrel or shiny thing that caught my eye, and you know why the hell not, you know. Do, do you remember the time it was like late at night? You and I were like driving around Casadega. Yes, I had never been there, and like the the guy came out of the house or something. I can't remember. I don't um, remember a guy coming out of a house. Maybe but... I was with Matt that time. Yeah. So, just to give the listeners like just a a, a quick background of Casadega. Casadega is a place in Florida. And you're not going to believe me, so definitely get Google ready because this is—it's kind of strange. Casadega was founded as like a spiritualist colony, like it was founded, you know, f- f- by people to escape kind of the oppression of the outer world if they wanted to, you know, practice witchcraft and and divination and all these things. And, um, and so they picked, you know, the, the best name they could come up with, which like means house of the devil, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, I think you, not, not to call you out, but I think you might be mistaken because about, about house of the devil, because I actually, um, I'm going to look it up right now while we're on the computer. Yeah. Because uh, I actually went down there recently, and they have like a whole, what would you say? They, 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 it's like a like a museum, and it talks about the history, and talks about the the founder, and uh, and he actually the founder actually had a Native American spirit guide down there, and uh, it was kind of like a, a spiritual mentor, I guess I could say. Sure. When I, yeah, when yeah. I say spirit guide, it has this weird type of. I don't know this romanticized movie thing, you know. Sure. To, you know, and, and it wasn't that, but uh, but yeah, and he actually got a lot of advice uh, from 
from this Native American spirit, spiritualist. Like the guy's name, the, I, I can't remember his name right now. Um, look it up on Wikipedia here; it'll 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 uh, pop up. Here it is, Casadega. It's a Seneca. He, he was, I think, the spiritual guy was a Seneca Indian. So it's a Seneca Indian word meaning water beneath the rocks. And from uh, the research that I did when I was there, uh, the the founder's name uh, George P. Colby. He uh, he had he when he came down there and was founding this town. He had like tuberculosis and all this type of stuff. And apparently, this uh, Native American uh, spiritualist told him to go down to this certain stream that was down there near the lake. Um, it was an under underground spring, and uh, it was something to do with uh, he, he had to burn like certain certain kinds of sage and herbs and stuff and and boil it this water and breathe it in and it actually supposedly cured his tuberculosis so uh casadega was where he sent him which was the water beneath the rocks which was the spring where he where he cured himself and i never i never knew that because there's uh i mean i grew up near this place and it was always like the spooky scary place and i heard you all mean, these urban legends you mean to tell me you mean to tell me that the stories that we heard growing up are not true that's what you're telling me right now <laughs> who would have thought this right who would have thought what? stories being passed down verbally <laughs> to <laughs> change <laughs> yeah but i guess it's a giant game of uh of cultural telephone i guess you could say i don't know but uh well, well, here's the deal with with Casadega, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think why some of that uh, happened, you know, as far as like the, it, it becoming like this kind of witchcrafty and 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 devilly type of place. And this might lead into a bigger conversation that might be good for a different podcast. But sure. uh, I, I believe it, it came from kind of like a hardcore religious point of view that shunned anything that wasn't uh, anything to do with the spiritual world that wasn't like through uh quote unquote just you know kind of jesus and god and the bible teachings and things and and you know kind of historically i mean you're aware that that there's been times of you know the scare tactics and you know the uh of religion and and things like that has happened and i think uh i think it kind of got morphed because of that but from at least from everything that i read about uh this george b colby and this thing with the native american and everything uh, it actually was, you know, just more of a place that uh, Colby believed he, I think he believed he had some psychic powers and, and he wanted a place for some more spiritual mediums than like witchcraft and things like that because right. a lot of those people were shunned for what they did. Sure. And, uh, you know, and just thought of weirdos and, you know, they weren't necessarily part of, accepted into churches and things like that. So it was more just kind of a, a getaway and a retreat just to kind of protect their way of life a little bit. And uh, he just wanted to set up a place that, that people could practice that. And um, the, the other interesting thing about that, which I read, and they have like a little, little kind of oddities museum there and all these articles and historical write-ups were in there. Um, but uh, I guess he did a lot of uh, kind of humanitarian work with, with orphans and, and young boys that were just in the, uh, in, in the uh, what would you call that, the foster homes and, and, and orphanages wow. and things like wow. that, which... Uh, I think he put a lot of money and stuff. I, I don't know the facts and details on that, but there's definitely some some pieces that I just skimmed over and read when I was there recently that that touched on that, and I never knew that either. So yeah, definitely. I mean, he could be a really cool guy, but you know, just like there's you know there's people that you know kind of creeps and stuff yeah. out there too. I don't know. I'm not saying either way. I mean, I don't sure. have any proof either way of anything. I'm just saying like yeah. 
you know, he, he did some humanitarian work with a lot of young young boys and stuff. So that was well, pretty- no, I, I I definitely could see that. Um, yeah. Definitely could see something like that happening, man. I I know for sure that they're um, kind of across America. I can think of a few off the top of my head, but um, there were sacred, you know, indigenous sites across America that were named for, you know, spirits or just simply spirit, like spirit rock, for example. Sure. Um, and, and now we know it is as devil's rock. Um, uh, because it, again, like you said, kind of the, the religious understanding at the time and the kind of shunning of the indigenous religion, um, you know, it, we made it something that it necessarily wasn't, wasn't necessarily to begin with. So I, that wouldn't surprise me. At all, I will say I'm slightly brokenhearted. <laughs> the story that we grew up with isn't quite true, but yeah. Uh, but hey, I mean, we can we can keep the stories alive and you know, <laughs> have a fun sense. But here's here, let me read this to you. I, I just went to the Wikipedia page now. Yeah. So it says uh, this is just a quick little paragraph excerpt. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It says yeah. Kobe worked with several spirit guides who would give him knowledge. One of his spirit guides was an Indian named Seneca. That's the Native American I was talking about, mm-hmm. who had manifested to Kobe during a séance in Lake Mills, Iowa. Seneca wasn't actually from down here. He was from another place. Right. According to Kobe, Seneca had instructed him to travel south to Florida. We eventually arrived at a place called the Blue Springs Landing near Orange City, Florida. According to Kobe. The area that Seneca led him to was the same area that Colby had seen during the seance in Iowa. And it goes on. So, I mean, that's just a little bit of a history that, like, he would have this Native American, you know. And well, I, I, I don't think it was actually just this manifestation. Because what I, I, I read was he actually ended up meeting. And, and, you know, and I could be wrong on some of this. So, if anybody out there wants to correct me, you're more than welcome to, to write in and let us know. Yeah. But uh, I, I think there actually was... A physical person, um, okay. Native American, and because I was told the story about the tuberculosis and everything, but I was also told that this Native American had told Kobe to go back to Iowa, to go back here, to go back there, and it, it seemed like there were several trips that that this I was sending him on several treks, um, yeah. you know, to to broaden his spiritual knowledge, and <laughs> I kind of had this as I was reading this and hearing the hearing about this, I kind of had this running scene in my head where. This Native American guy might have just thought this guy was a kook. I was just trying to send him away and get rid of him, but he just kept coming back. <laughs> so I don't know. That's but uh, not to be disrespectful because it's a cool little town. But yeah, no, it really. I mean, it really is a cool town. But um, we, uh, you know, we. I just remember us going down there and you trying to show me uh, there was a, there's like a, um, a cemetery there and it has something that people have called like the Devil's Throne, which. Has devil's kind of chair. Got, yeah, devil's, chair, devil's chair. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, so much crazy stuff. But I will say this, man. Out of all the ghost hunting I've ever done, I always felt like that was the place that I was gonna get something just like so solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never got anything there. Nothing really. Nothing. No. They have a visitors information center that has a lot of. Uh, binders full of photographs they did, they've started doing a lot more tours they're starting to get some more tourism there actually it's a really small place it's not it's not one of these like tourist destinations that you would right. think like if you traveled across the country to go there you'd probably be disappointed because it's literally just a few blocks of streets and homes and a little visitor center they do have a cool old hotel um and it has like a kind of a 
a mystic shop in it and they do like palm readings. It has a cool little piano bar and restaurant and stuff, but, uh, it's, it's a neat place to see and, you know, spend an evening, but, uh, really after an evening, it's, you know, maybe, maybe another afternoon and you've seen all there is to it. Yeah. Um, Without a doubt. It's super small. Now you did mention the devil's chair. So do you know like the legend of that or, um, man, I don't want to get it wrong. I, <laughs> I can, I could take the lead on it and tell you. Take it, a, man. Yeah, because, because I, I, listen, I, I don't want to throw out some urban legend that I, <laughs> that I was, you know, when I was ten. So let's yeah. hear it, man. What's the deal? Yeah. Um. Well, just in a nutshell, basically, the legend is there's a there's a cemetery there, and there's I don't know what the oldest graves are. I, I couldn't tell you when it was built or established yeah. or whatever. But it, it it's you know it kind of has this creep factor just because like as you were saying earlier all these kind of tales and urban myths around Casadega, uh, but there there is um, kind of like these what would you call them it, it's like kind of little family plots divided within the cemetery and they have like a little wall around them small yep. wall and there's like a brick chair built into them and I believe what it is is like most of the chairs face outward. Mm-hmm. So you're not staring at the graves. It's just like a little kind of brick seat, you know. Um, but uh, the devil's chair, and I've actually sat in it and everything, but it is the only one I think that faces in towards the graves. Right. And the legend is, is <laughs> this sounds, I'm talking it up, and, and this is going to be so anticlimactic, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Hey, man, <laughs> this, is, this is what you want to do with your life, so. If you go into the Castate Cemetery... <laughs> Which I'm not advising you to do because they do call the police on you if, if you're there after hours. But if you go there after hours when it's dark and you sit in the chair and you leave a beer on the chair, a can of beer, apparently, I'm not, you can look this up, I'm not joking. Apparently, the beer will mysteriously be, be emptied and, and drunk by the next day. And sometimes. Sometimes without the can even being opened, the beer will disappear from inside of it. (laughs) But that's the one that I've heard a lot. And I've even read that online and things. But uh, I don't know if there's more to it. You know, I would imagine, I think when I was in high school, I think I was told something like, uh, if you sit in the chair, like at sunrise, like the devil keeps your soul and all this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely possession tales out there. But but yeah, it's really funny. it is man. because, uh, like as we were saying before, you said you know the house of the devil, and I had uh, an ex girlfriend whose parents, like this is years ago, were like very religious and staunch in their beliefs and stuff, and uh, and they they wanted nothing to do with Casadega, even though they live very close to it, you know, nothing to do, and, yeah. and they would say, you know, it literally means the house of the devil, and you know, have this whole big creep factor, you know. Yeah. And Chuck, you do. It's the whole scare tactic thing, and uh, I guess that's not the case. Sorry, <laughs> I guess they were wrong. But uh, it, it is. It's one of those places that you can definitely keep those tales alive and 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 that yeah. vibe, that creep feel. Because when I was a kid, my mom and my dad would pile us the, the kids up at like in the back of the pickup truck or something like that. You know, safety first in Florida. Of course, of course. <laughs> and, and, you know, it would be close to Halloween, and they would drive us down through Casadega late at night. And I remember my brother and sister. I mean, they're I, I'm the youngest of three. My sister's about seven years older. My brother's about eight years older than me. So I would have been pretty young. But 
you know, they, they would be telling scary things about Casadega and the, my parents. They'd open up the little little back windshield window and tell us creepy things, and we'd be all creeped out and laying like down on the truck bed, you know, as we're slowly going by the cemetery and stuff. And right, right. And I honestly, I think that's part of the reason why Halloween and all the scary stuff has always attracted me because. It's, it's always been presented to me as an experience, and even though I was terrified, yeah. I've always just loved it. Haunted houses and oh yeah, just all that type of stuff. Well, you know, I mean, we don't live well. Clearly, I don't live in Florida anymore, but um, where we're from in Florida is not very far from St. Augustine, and mm-hmm. a, a lot of people say St. Augustine is like the most haunted place in the world. Yeah, I've heard. I've read that it's like the oldest established city. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I, it is. Yeah, I think yeah. Jamestown and all that. Like when the British settlers and, and European settlers were coming over, I, I believe Saint Augustine already had like Spanish settlements and yeah, under Spanish sure. control and stuff. So yeah, there's there's they've got a, 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 a fort, uh, Castillo. I, I I can't remember the name of it. it um, uh, Ca- Castillo de San Marco. I think that's it what is. it is. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the Matanzas Bay is right yep. there. That's where they they massacred a lot of French Huguenots and, yep. and stuff. And it is there's a lot of uh, supposedly ghost act, ghostly activity and yep. sightings and all types of things around that area. Well, I will say one of the one of the more um, interesting pieces of evidence I ever came across for the existence of the supernatural, I would say. Um, it was in St. Augustine, actually, man. Um, I, I had gone with a couple buddies and uh, to do some ghost hunting. And it, and it was late. You know, it was... Um, we, we waited till nobody was around. It, it was... It had to have been somewhere between 2 and 3 in the morning because we stayed out till about 6. And so we kind of snuck in to the first part of Castile de San Marco. And you can't get like past, I think it's called a portcullis. You can't get quite past that, but you can kind of sneak right up to it. And you're basically in the entrance of the castle. And Yeah, I've actually, there's like a moat and you can climb up. It's like a like yeah. bridge or whatever. And they, they shut the, the gate over the door. And it's like kind of this classic kind of lattice iron yes. gate. And you can see in, and you can reach your arms in and stuff, yep. and it, it's spooky. It's 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 cold and quiet and black in there yes. at night. But and, uh, and that's exactly where we're at in this point. Yeah, like, I know. There. And um, I know exactly who you're talking about because I've, I've climbed up in there, and it's it's fun. You're not supposed to do it, but it's yeah. It's fun. No, you're not. But you know, <laughs> we were young, I guess. But yeah. so we have a we have like a a recorder, like a digital recorder. And you know we're we're doing all the stuff you see on ghost adventures, man. Where yeah. we're 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 sitting down trying to talk to ghosts and stuff like that. And so what we decided was, um, you know, and we we would go up there and and record and come back and listen to it, and and we weren't really hearing anything. So what we decided was that three people was was too many, and so we had to go kind of do these isolation sessions. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um and one of the guys I was with he uh man he is he's not a skeptic okay i i consider myself a skeptic um 
he believes that the supernatural is real, but he doesn't believe that he believes it, if that makes sense. And so he's constantly like doing all the things that you're not supposed to do because bad things could happen. And I'm making air quotes with my fingers, by the way. Um, <laughs> and and so he went up there and, and he started saying some crazy shit, man, about, you know, being glad that these spirits are suffering and all this crazy stuff, man. And just kind of uh, taunting them, trying to make them angry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was the whole goal. You know what I mean? It was, it was all about taunting and, uh, we go back and listen to it and, um, and man, like there is this voice unmistakably a little girl. Um, and she says something that it was not, it was clearly not in English. Um, and I wish I, I had the recording I could uh, to play for you, but um, maybe you can always add it in later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just it was very quick and um, uh, very kind of spooky, and that was the first time that I ever got anything that I sat there for so long trying to say, okay, this is what this is what happened, right? Like we can explain this away, right? And it was the first time that I had something that I just could not explain away. Now, did you know that you had it when you were there? Or was this like, were you reviewing it later? Or no. How, how did you? Yeah, it's it's when we went back and listened to it. Um, oh, so you were away from the castle and everything then, and you were yeah. back at your computer or whatever you were doing? Well, we were in the car, actually. In the car, we okay. just walked back to the car and, and plugged into the auxiliary jack and okay. and, and played it. And uh, yeah, I mean, to this day, all I know is that other than Matt talking, everything was silent. There, I mean, there wasn't a sound around, period. You know what I mean? Wow. And uh, and we had done, earlier in the day, we had done test recordings because the castle's not so far from kind of a, a main street. And so we wanted to make sure that we weren't picking up any of the noise from the street. And so we had done test recordings earlier in the day where there was a lot more traffic going by. And, you know, we weren't picking up any noise from the traffic. And that, that remains one of the one of the only things I've ever caught that I've not been able to explain away. Now, forgive me if I missed, if you, if you said it, did you uh, actually, did she actually say something? Was her voice, could you tell what she was saying? Or was it just more of like a... There, so there's or sound or something. No, no, no. There's definitely clear words being spoken. So what did um, you say? Well, you know, no? it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Again, it, I don't think it was in English. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, I missed that part. I guess. Oh no, no, you're good. Um, we we did have a little bit of a disagreement. One of the guys in the group thought that what she said was, "Hey, come in." Um, but the other two of us thought, "No, that." that's a stretch it sounds like she's saying something that's not english you know um well, so honestly if i i mean if it not to jump in here but i mean if it was not english to me that would give it more credence to sure. the fact that it was saint augustine a, a town that has gone back and forth from french to spanish rule uh i mean there's a lot of people residents at the time that that didn't really speak english so i mean that that makes total sense undoubtedly know? yeah um, but St. Augustine, man, it's a, it's a really interesting place. There's been a lot of people that have claimed to get some really crazy recordings, you know? Yeah. Now um, with e- EVPs like that, uh, uh, the voice phenomena, yeah, electronic voice phenomena, um, aren't they at sampled at like a, a different Hertz or a frequency or something versus what's naturally made by human voice? 
So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you and say I I don't really know because I've not ever entirely bought into that side. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of these guys do some real weird technical stuff, and uh, again, you see them on the mm-hmm. on all the TV shows. You know what I mean? They're yeah. they're getting uh, you know the, the they're they're taking temperatures and the electric electromagnetic. Yeah. Uh, readings and things like that. I, I don't really know how much any of that holds any water. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. well, it seems like I, it's it's all kind of guesswork anyway. I mean, none of us really. Yeah. Know you know kind of what what lies beyond. You know? Yeah, and and here's the thing: if there was some real hard science to what they're doing there, you know, they would have gotten something by now. Not just. I mean, I watch those things and I cringe, man. It's they're so funny sometimes. It's always the same thing, you know. Like, like, oh, I heard something and the, the camera's shaking so la- so hard you can't see. You know what I mean? It's well, they're they're doing TV shows too, yeah. and I think the thing to remember, I, I think there's legitimate uh, paranormal investigators, you know, and, and that's what I would want to do—the yes. legitimate thing. But the shows you watch, they're not legitimate they're making entertainment you know right that that they're the, the the business model behind that is they want to make an interesting show that they can sell advertisement to sure. so they can make money from all the advertisers you know what i mean yeah so they're not going to go out there and, and just show you where they're scouring you know hundreds and hours of foot of footage or hundreds of hours of audio and not finding right. anything they got they got to have a payoff in every episode somehow you know? but do you think if there was a show that like really i mean if there was a show that really just had a lot of integrity about it, and I'm not like, I don't mean that to be an insult to, no, to the no, guys not at all. entertainment. You know, but I'm not saying it as an insult either. I just mean that's that's the, yeah, that's the business. That's how that stuff works a lot. Yeah, know? undoubtedly. Yeah. But if there was a show that just had a ton of integrity about it, do you think that that show would become even more popular than some of these other ones are? I don't know. My 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 knee jerk reaction would would be yes, but uh, at the same time, I, th- I think you know, as I mentioned in in the last podcast that we that we did, you know, there's like a stigma about it, and there's a lot of people that don't really share their stories just out of like kind of embarrassment or people sure. looking at them weird, and you know, because I, I think no matter how real something is to somebody, whether it happened or not. There's always going to be people that are like, oh, that's false. That never happened. Blah, blah. There's going to be the skeptics. And then on the yeah. flip side of that, there's always going to be on the far other end of the spectrum, the people that, no, it's real and believe right. anything that's told to them. So I think that, that kind of, especially in something like this, that, like I said, that, you know, no one really knows for sure. I think that really muddies the water a lot. It makes it harder to, to come off, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair as point. As authentic, you know. That's a fair point. I find myself, to be honest, with, and, and I mean, you know, I love ghost hunting, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I find myself kind of in the middle. I'm one of these guys that I want this all to be real. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I, I want it to be real so bad. But I can't ignore reality. I can't ignore science and evidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I kind of find myself in the middle and I get really excited when, you know, something happens and, and we'll get it, you know, on a recording or whatever. And, um, and I, in the moment I get really excited, but usually within five minutes, I'm already, you know, looking at, at what we got with, with some real scrutiny, you know what I mean? Um, trying, trying to debunk it because, you know, you just, 
in my opinion, you have to do that, you know? Oh, sure. I mean, that's part of the scientific method. I mean, if you can't debunk it, yeah, you know, then, then maybe there's something to it, you know? Yeah. We, um, we have a place up here in South Carolina called Old Sheldon Church. Mm-hmm. And now, this is a story I'm sure of. This is not just an old wives' tale I'm going to share here. Um, so <laughs> you, can, you can Google this one. Um, so the church was built uh, pre-revolution. It was burned down. After it was burned down, it was rebuilt. And there's some there's some disagreement from historians on what happens next. Some historians think that some of the, the freed slaves of the area kind of took the church apart and used the, um, used the materials to build houses and things like that. Uh, other historians think there was another burning of the church. Like it was, it was actually destroyed before the freed slaves were doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and um, but there's a, you know, there's a, a cemetery that surrounds this, the ruins of this old church. And it's an absolutely breathtaking site, man. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, but people who, you know, are into ghost hunting love to go there, man, because it can get pretty scary at night. Um, and this is a place that's so pretty that people have weddings there, man. Um, but at nighttime it gets, it gets crazy. And, um, uh, I, I went again with a, with a couple buddies of mine and I'll tell you, dude, we, um, we were blown away at it. one of my big things when you go ghost hunting is if one person kind of is like, Oh man, did you hear that? And nobody else hears it. Well, you know, that one person is clear. You're just getting jacked up. You know what I mean? They're, they're letting their mind play tricks on them. Sure. But if you have multiple people and they're, they all react to something, well, something legitimate has happened there, whatever that is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we, um, the, all three of us started hearing footsteps. And, and again, like somewhere we have the recording of this, but we started hearing footsteps. And um, now all three of us there are, you know, we all are, are hunters and, and have spent plenty of time in the woods. And um, we would have, one of us would have picked up if this was, some kind of critter, but this was walking like close to us and you could hear the footsteps and none of us are moving. And, and then all of a sudden, like we start hearing this whistling. Um, and it was like, not like, not like single whistles. Like we're talking about sustained tunes, you know what I mean? And it was nuts, man. Wow. Um, and that, now that was the second time I ever got something that I looked back on and I thought, man, I, I can't explain that. I don't know, you know, unless there's some guy that lives close to there that really was able to pull one over on us. I, I can't explain it, you know? I mean, are there, are there houses or communities nearby that someone could be in their backyard and you're picking that up or? No, not that close. There? Yeah. Right. Th- now that one's, that one's pretty secluded. Now, well, there are houses and people that live within. Earshot. With it, well, not, not quite earshot. No. Probably a. a no, probably a mile and a half to two miles oh, is the closest yeah. house. You wouldn't be hearing a whistle that oh. far away. And here's the crazy thing. Listen, and you're going to make fun of me for this, and that's okay. Um, we decided after that night, we decided to go back because we were just blown away by what had happened. Mm-hmm. And so there are a few more guys that wanted to come. Now, 
I think it's kind of important to the story to point out that um, it, at, during the time I was I was in the Marine Corps, and all the guys that are coming on this particular night that I'm about to tell you about are all, you know, kind of tough A type personality um, Marines. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are the guys you served with, or these? Just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah, Henry Henry served in the Marine Corps. Just so anybody who's not not familiar with it, yeah, you mentioned something about being in the in the military last podcast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it at some point. But, sure. Um. So, but I think it's important because of what happens. So we all get like real jacked up about going. Um. I look up on YouTube. <laughs> I lo- I look up on YouTube like how to how to do like a seance and summon a spirit. You know. Yeah. And um, just like this real kooky old guy on YouTube, man, just out of control. So I had to get these like black candles and, you know, we had to make this like pentagram out of salt and we had to light the candles around the the point of it. Just crazy stuff, man. And, Typical um, stuff that you see like in the horror movies before everybody goes dude, missing, right? <laughs> I mean, if I ever did something that was just like the movies, man, this was it. Yeah. Um, but I light the candle, you know, it's a still night, you know, we draw the little star thing and I light the candles and I say, okay, guys, like we're ready to go. And, uh, right. As I said that, I, I, I actually said, we're ready to start. And right. As I said that, um, we hear something like towards the back of the, of the cemetery. And it's like this big, like rustling. And it starts like moving towards us. And, and some of the guys again, and this is kind of why I pointed out like the kind of guys that I'm with, you know, some of these guys start backpedaling because whatever's coming just feels and sounds so huge. You know, the trees are moving and these guys start backpedaling. Trees Um, are actually moving. Yeah. Like, I mean, for sure. Hmm. And, um, one of the guys actually turns to take off, um, it ends up just being this like out of nowhere giant gust of wind huh. and it uh it blows all of the candles out and the light at the front of the entrance to the to the cemetery to the grounds of the church and the cemetery the light at the front just flips on huh. and out of all the guys that went there only the guys who had come before me were willing to stay you know what I mean? The guys who had come with me before, those were the only ones that were willing to say everybody else was ready to go now. Sure. Um, so you have like four guys that are just ready to go. Um, and it was funny, man. And, and these I are t- guys that have seen, you know, difficult things in the service. I'm sure they're not people yeah. that are scared. No, either. no, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And what's even crazier. And this is like the one story I have. That's like, okay, man, like this is really unexplainable. You know, before you jump to that story, I was just curious, did that light, did it stay on or was it flickering? Cause I imagine like if the wind like flicked a, a broken wire or something, yeah. the light could, could flicker. But if it just came on and stayed on, then that's it was really totally odd. sustained. Yeah. It was, it just flipped on totally sustained. Wow. Um, And, um, so I don't know, man, maybe a month or so after this happens, uh, a friend of mine and and his new wife came up and and stayed with my family for, for a day or two. And they, he, he had kind of asked in passing if I had done any ghost hunting recently, because he knew I was kind of into it. And so I started telling him this story and I, I got to the part where I said, okay, we're ready to start. And when I said that, as I'm telling the story, Mind you, it's like one o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? We're we're up just kind of 
hanging out. Uh, as soon as I say we're ready to start, all of my fire alarms in my house start going off. Wow. And I can't, I can't get them to shut off. I'm, I'm pulling batteries out. I have to like unplug them all from the system in order to get them to stop. And it was like, but I'm telling you not a second after it was literally, I said, start and they start going off. And it was so, such a freaky moment. His wife didn't want to stay at our house. Yeah, that, um, that is creepy. He he convinced her to stay that night, but they they actually left and stayed at a hotel the next day. Is this the house you're at now? No, no, no. Oh, no. Okay. It was our our last one. I was gonna say because I stayed in that house with you, and I don't want I don't want to be bringing anything back if you brought something back to that <laughs> cemetery. <laughs> no man, no. I, I actually Whatever haven't I haven't been ghost hunting since we uh, since we moved into this house. But yeah, that's creepy, man. That really that's is. crazy, man. You know, all this stuff is nuts, and it's like. Like you said, we don't know, man. You know what I mean? Like we, I can look at that and try to debunk it. And I, again, yeah, these are the the small handful of situations where I just say, man, I, I got nothing for you. Yeah. I can't explain it. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if, if you could, it sounds like you've had a couple coincidences there that's, I mean, chances of things pretty slim, you know, of, mm-hmm. of you experiencing multiple things like that. Yeah. You know? So that, that is pretty odd. Yeah. Um, now with the exception, I will say that we, we certainly could explain the fire alarms. You know what I mean? They, they were all on a system together. So if yeah. one goes off, it would all go off. It was just really coincidental timing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it, man. The timing of it makes it so much creepier than just, I mean, I've had my fire alarms go off, but usually it's when we're in the, in the kitchen cooking and, and, you know, the oven, <laughs> the oven's just billowing out smoke because we're burning grease or something in there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, that, that's spooky. I like, I love hearing stuff like that. Yeah, I mentioned, uh, you know, I've had a, a few stories and my family has had a, a few stories and, uh, uh, I, I guess I could start with my dad's uh, story because I remember he's told me this multiple times uh, growing up, and and it's so spooky that it, it stayed like in my brain. You know, no matter what, I don't think it's something I'd forget. I never saw it. This was before I was even born, but yeah. you know, it's it is my family. You know, and so <laughs> they're not they're not nuts, and there's no reason that they would tell me this and lie to me. But and my dad's sworn up and down that it, that it happened, and there's yeah. no explanation for it. But I'll vouch for your dad; he's a good dude. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but uh, he's told the story where uh, my brother was very young. I think he was still like a baby or a toddler or something. He was he was old enough that he could speak, you know, uh, slightly. You know, so probably around two to three, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, but uh. He had asthma when I mean I've had I have asthma too, but he had asthma really bad when he was a kid, I believe, and uh, he had been you know sick with something and it was really affecting him. And my parents used to live in like this old um, kind of two-story garage apartment type of deal at that time. And uh, my brother was asleep in bed with them, and uh, my dad had been laying there. Uh, it was my dad, my brother, and my mom in bed, and uh, my brother was laying there between them. And he he had been suffering with the you know being ill and stuff, and they had been up late, and they were finally all starting to go to sleep. My mom was already asleep. My dad was just starting to to, to drift off, and all of a sudden he hears my brother go, "Marguerite, Marguerite." Now Marguerite was this lady. Um, 
I think she was like a neighbor or possibly like a relative that I never met. I wasn't aware of, but, but someone who's a little close with the family or friendly with the family. Sure. And, uh, and she was an older woman or whatever. So my, my dad, you know, he's drifting off to sleep. He hears my brother say that. And, uh, you know, he opens his eyes and looks and he says that floating down from the ceiling with arms outstretched was like this kind of smoky woman. Like you could see her upper half, her arms, you could see the age spots in her face even. Like there was so much detail in it. And you could see through it, but you could see her in it. Like, you know, like like it was smoke or something. And she was just coming kind of outreached towards my brother and, uh, you know, floating straight down over the top of them towards the bed. And my dad... You know, and, and telling the story says that he thought it was some spirit coming because he, had, my brother, had been so sick that he thought it was coming to like maybe take him or something. Or oh wow! So he he just yelled no and pulled back his knees and just just hauled off and, and kicked in the air at this thing as hard as he could. He kicked so hard that his back came off the bed. You know, and uh, as soon as he did that, the thing just kind of went and it's kind of like imploded in itself and just kind of like dissolved up back through the ceiling and and Adam was just kind of kind of was fussing and it said that Marguerite name now whether that was Marguerite or this lady or not you know my dad says he doesn't know you know he didn't recognize the face as far as I know um but right. I, I remember you know discussing and hearing him and my mom discuss it that they that he thought that maybe it was just uh you know, Adam associating an old lady with an old lady that he knew or something. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I mean, for my dad to go into that much detail about something, and he doesn't like to, t- to tell people or talk about it. Right. Because he doesn't, he's one of those guys that, you know, I've talked about before that, you know, they don't want people thinking they're crazy. You know, there's a stigma. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, he, for sure. he knows what he saw, you know, and yeah. he knows what he heard. And he knows what he heard my brother say. I mean, he was there. Uh, he lived that situation and he went through it and it's, it's, you know, it's a creepy fucking story. Yeah. Um, man. Are you serious? That's out of control. Yeah. I've never told you that. I know. I, I don't remember yeah. you ever telling me that, man. Yeah. Um, well, where we lived there, um, we moved out of that garage apartment. I must've been like maybe three or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that was a good, you know, eight years or so later after that, they had a house built. Now, it was pretty much on the same plot of land. It was just further down. Like it, it's basically, if you, you've seen my parents' place. It's yeah. They, they've got a few acres there, and so that was like towards the back side, um, where the property was connected to their new property that they had just purchased. And okay. so they built this house further down towards the road than where that garage apartment was. So it, it's pretty much the same vicinity, same plot of land, pretty much. It's just, you know, closer up towards the road. But, yeah. uh, and in my parents' house, you know, growing up, we had weird things happen. We, we um, And the stuff I'm about to say happened more to, you know, my brother in particular, uh, my mom, uh, and them. And then I had a few things happen to me in that house. But if you want, I can I can go into all of it. I mean, we've been going about 45 minutes. We might run a little long, but if you're open to it. Yeah, why not, man? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> um, some of the simple things were like uh, televisions that actually didn't have a push button. Not like they are now. They actually had a knob you had to click over and turn. Yeah. 
we'd have we we had televisions that the knob would be completely turned you know off, and all of a sudden you'd be in the other room, and all of a sudden you'd hear the TV come on, and uh, you'd walk in there, and the knob would have been clicked all the way over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, there's just you know we turn the TV off. There's no possible way that unless someone went in there and turned the knob on, that that would happen. Uh, we've had there was things like uh, this happens. When I was there, actually, um, we had like a little hairdryer cubby built into the wall. And so like the hairdryer was constantly plugged in. But the hairdryer itself, it wasn't a push button. It was a, a switch that you had to slide up on the handle. Right. And, you know, it was a stiff switch. All of a sudden, you'd be sitting there, you know, watch, sitting on the couch watching TV. All of a sudden, the, the, uh, the hairdryer, you just hear it come and go, out of nowhere, and you'd walk in there. The hairdryer would be in its cubby, hasn't moved, but it's been turned on. Jesus. Uh, yeah, uh, my brother, um, in his bedroom, uh, it, it sounds like a stereotypical you know, case of sleep paralysis, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I remember him talking about it when I was younger and stuff. We haven't really talked about it in years, but, uh, sure. but he swore up and down that he woke up. He when like in the middle of the night one night, and uh, he like had this really like pressing feeling on his chest, which you know sounds like sleep paralysis, and and he couldn't move, and he opened his eyes, and there was like this floating black thing with like red eyes just right on top of him, and Whoa. like it was, it was holding him down, and like he couldn't breathe. There was pressure on his chest and everything, and uh, and I don't know if he if he if he you know managed to, to muster a yell or what happened, but. Finally, I kind of broke out of this, you know, kind of, you know, paralyzed state. And this thing just kind of like went and sucked back, you know, off of him, like kind of up through the corner of the room or something like that. Right. So, you know, real creepy stuff like that. Now, things that particularly happened to me besides like the TV or the hairdryer um, was... Uh, I guess I could start with this one. I, I was home alone when I was a teenager one time. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, which is kind of creepy in itself. But, you know, I'd always just had the lights off, watch TV, whatever, you know, just hang out in the living room. Sure. I wasn't doing nothing. wasn't up to anything crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, I heard, heard a noise um, in our laundry room. Now, our living room, to kind of explain how the house was set up, if you think of kind of like a shoebox... Our living room is kind of in the middle of the shoebox. Then next to that, we had the kitchen and a hall and a bedroom. And then you go down through there, go through the kitchen. And then there was like a shoebox style utility room over in the, in the far corner. So, I mean, there were some walls and there was some things, you know, that would block noise, but not enough that you wouldn't be able to hear it, you know. So I definitely heard a noise. I was like, what the hell was that, you know? And uh, yeah. And so... I, you know, we were always kind of, you know, protective over like, okay, is somebody breaking in the house? You know, we always kind of plan for the worst with things. So I was like, I'm going to go investigate this. I kind of popped my head around the corner and listen. I didn't hear anything else. And I creeped through the kitchen and uh, I had to go past the cabinets and everything over to the, to the utility room door, which was closed. Um, And there's a light switch right next to the door. Now the, the, the door itself, I can't remember if it was, 
cracked or all the way closed, but if it was cracked, you know, half an inch crack or something. Just So it's pitch black in here. I didn't turn any lights on because I didn't want to alert anybody <laughs> that might have been in the house. I'm just kind of investigating, and I'm listening at the door. Don't don't hear anything. So I kind of feel a little more safe, you know, but yeah. Like, Okay, there's nothing going on in here. I'm just going to turn on the light, open the door, just make sure, you know, check it out. But like I said, having that defensive mindset, I'm like, all right, I kind of get myself ready. And uh, I flip on the light and push open the door and, like, kind of throw up my fist just in case, like, right all in, all in one big action. Yeah. And right, right in front of me. And, I mean, you can say this was a trick on my eyes because of the light or whatever. But there was a split second that it was black before the light came on. Because I'm doing these multiple things at once. The sure. room, is, room is pitch black. But in front of me, there was like this shape of like a, a, a being that was blacker than the black in the room. Like you couldn't see through it. You know what I mean? Lord, like it was okay. looking like a, like a black solid. And it was right there. And so like as I'm flipping the lights on and throwing up my fist, I'm like jumping back. and Like what the fuck? As soon as the lights are on, there's nothing there. So like I know what I saw. I'm open to it, to it being like a trick of the light or, you know, optical illusion or something like that. But it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so I turned on the lights and, you know, checked the rest of the house and just kind of like stayed away from that end of the house the rest of the night. Um, now, a couple days later, I heard a similar noise, like a dragging noise, you know, in that same room. This was during the day. So. It's not night, middle of the day. I'm like, all right, I'm going to see what this is. Because, you know, I know I've, there's been issues in there before. <laughs> uh, I opened the door. And I didn't see anything. But curtains were drawn closed. There wasn't a light source in the room. Um, but there was a shadow that I just saw go across the wall from one side to the other. And it didn't look anything out of the norm other than a shadow. But the thing that was weird about it is that there was not a light source that would cast a shadow in that direction in that room that would make it move across the room like that. Sure. So, like, just just by scientifically thinking of like where the light sources are and what's moving and stuff, like there was nothing that would cause that, and with with the curtains drawn and everything. So, I, I definitely you know think that there's something up with that, and. In that room that was stored, I don't know if I should say this, but we don't ha- we don't have it anymore or anything. It, it's been returned and stuff. But my dad used to go digging in Native American mounds when he was younger. My dad, oh spend, no, my dad would spend like weeks, like I wouldn't say weeks. He'd spend days, literally, literally days, figuratively, you know, exaggerating weeks. But he was just yeah. out in the woods all the time, hunting, fishing. He was an outdoorsman, you know. Yeah. Well, he would. If you, you know, if you, if you found an Indian mound he, and, you know, you would dig through, you know, you're not supposed to do that. But he, uh, if you found artifacts or pottery or arrowheads or something, he, he would collect it, you know, and and then and, and stuff. But, uh, oh, no. Yeah. Well, when he was really young, he had found, like, not, it wasn't like, when I say this, you're going to think, oh, you should have gone to the cops. But. It was a Native American grave. It wasn't, you know, it, it was it was a skeleton in an, an Indian mound. And for whatever reason, he regrets it. He's returned it. He's, you know, as an adult, he's he's you know very respectful of that. He just didn't know better at the time. He made a mistake. But sure, 
he he was like, oh wow, you know, I, he's got an Indiana Jones it, I guess, and, and and take it or whatever. So he actually had that like put away in a box, and I didn't know this until I, I was like a teenager. But uh, but he had like pieces of bone and 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 stuff that he had found from this skeleton. I don't know if it was like a pleat skeleton or, or what, but but he had this in 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 that room. Oh my! I believe it was in that room. It might have not not been in. Might have temporarily been in the room, but but he he had this put away. <laughs> oh my lord! So I mean that just adds a huge creep factor to everything I'm telling you as well. Um, there's been instances. I've got a couple extra stories um, uh, about personally that I've gone through. But uh, yeah, my mom in that house, uh, she has felt a hand on her shoulder in the shower. And she's turned around and there's nobody there. She thought it was like my dad coming in the shower or something like that. Yeah. Nobody. She felt someone put their hand on her shoulder, felt the weight of the hand and everything, you know. Yeah. And, and you don't mistake that, you know. Um, we've smelled smells that wafted, wafted through that house at times. Um, I, I personally, I don't recall smelling smell um i know my my brother and my mother have it's because like the, the smell strong... was coming from you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> if it was coming from me it wouldn't they, they described it almost like it's like a cinnamony type of smell that walked by it. <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been a cinnamon smell <laughs> I, I, I kid you not but uh but yeah they've had weird things like that happen and i've heard of like you know with paranormal things, sometimes it can be a temperature drought, sometimes it can be a smell, things like that. Yeah. But that was also shortly, my grandmother had passed away uh, on my dad's side when I was a teenager. And I think oh, it wow. was within a year or so of that happening that they were getting smells through the house like that. Um, as far as the other coincidences, I can't tell you a time frame related to that. I know specifically this one was close to when my, my grandma passed away that following year or something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, and speaking of which my grandmother, uh, within weeks of her passing away, I remember, I remember it clears day. This, I had this weird dream and this could just be a dream. This isn't necessarily paranormal, but I've heard of things of, uh, of, of people visiting, you know, people in dreams and things like that. And that's exactly yeah, yeah. what I had this crazy dream. I was like, at like this kind of like amateur baseball game or something. And there's some type of sport or something going on. And, and there's my grandma sitting on the bleachers, having nothing to do with like what's going on in the dream. And, and I looked at her, I remember in my dream, the emotion that I had and stuff. And I looked at her and I was like, what, what are you doing here? And, and in my dream, I said that to her. And I remember her saying, I just came to visit you. I just wanted to see how you're doing. Oh, wow. And, I mean, that could be me coping with, with, with the loss. That could be Sure. Anything. But I've always I thought that was just really kind of touching and, and spooky at the same time. But, yeah. you know, I, I want to believe that that is the case. You know, I think that, that's really neat. Yeah, um, that is really neat, man. But I've never had another dream like that. I mean, that was the only dream I ever had. And I remember, like, I had another guy spooked in my dream. And I was like, you're not supposed to be here. You, you, you've died, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I be- in the dream, I believe her saying, I know. And I think that's when she said, I just wanted to visit you or something like that. Yeah. And, and then we kind of just, like, 
the dream went in a different direction, you know, and uh, I just always felt that was just more than just a dream. You know, I could be probably wrong about that, but hey, you know, I like to think it's 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 it is more than just that. Yeah, I don't. But, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that that's more than just a dream. And even if man, like even if that is just you coping with it and at least some sense of, uh, of, of being, um, yeah. that, that doesn't make it any less real. You know? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make it any less impactful or, or right. less of a real thing to me. Yeah. Emotionally. Right. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Now here's, here's a couple spooky things <laughs> that these are the last two that I'll tell you. Cause I know we're, we're gonna <laughs> in that same house, all this happened in that same house. Yeah, but uh, uh, well, this one is kind of goofy. It, it, I don't think it necessarily is anything. Um, my the way my room used to be set up, my bedroom is like I had a, a computer in there, and uh, I think I had like a webcam, and 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 uh, you know I'd, I'd be downloading music and stuff in there all the time. But that was kind of like kind of facing my bed a little bit. Sure. Um, and I kind of like had like a little office area set up in there, and and so like if I was laying on my bed and you walked in, I kind of had my monitor at an angle, so like you could see my if you just stepped in the room, you'd see my monitor, you'd also see me, you know, whatever. So I think my brother came in there taking a goofy picture of me or something, and uh, he doesn't have this photo anymore, so I can't say for sure if it happened or not, but he swears that he had this photo of me that he walked in there and took a photo or something. And there was like this really weird, the monitor wasn't on. Um, it was just the bedroom light was on, but it could have been a reflection or whatever. But in the computer monitor, it was like this really weird demonic looking face. And uh, I, I never saw it. He doesn't have it anymore. He's lost it. You know, Back back then, I think that was like late '90s, early 2000s. Digital files and things were you didn't have the organizational skills that we have today, you know, with Google Photos and all that stuff. For sure, yeah. So apparently, you know, he's lost it or whatever. But he swore up and down that it was just the creepiest photo, like, and it gave him the creeps, and he didn't even like want to keep it. He might have even deleted it. I don't know because of that. But yeah. But uh, in that same bedroom, uh, in my late teens, I would say. Late teens, early twenty. Yeah, actually, it was late teens because I think I just turned like twenty or whatever. I was in a relationship with somebody, and they had gone away to college, and we would uh, we would uh, Skype and you know video chat and stuff like that just to till we could see each other again. You know, just keep the bond there. And uh, obviously, that didn't last. I'm like what I say, but uh, there, there it is. But anyway, um. I was sitting there, and the way the way that my room was set up at that time was like my desk kind of jutted out in the middle of the room, and my computer and webcam kind of faced my, my my sitting spot, and then that was behind me was my closet and like a little walkway past the desk, right? So there's right. a little extra space behind me. So we're sitting there video chatting and you know hanging out whatnot, and uh, she goes, "Who's there with you?" And I was like, "Nobody's here with me." It's like like two in the morning or something you know and uh she's like no seriously don't mess around with me who's there with you and i said nobody i'm in here alone and i uh took my camera and i spun it around in my room and spun it back to me i was like see just my lamps on empty bed empty you know ch- gaming chair <laughs> over there you know i was all in video games and stuff yeah. empty desk and you know just me 
And she was like, oh, my God, I just saw somebody walk behind you. They were wearing a striped shirt They walked with, like, dark horizontal stripes. They walked behind you, turned, stood there for a second, then turned and walked back the way that they came and walked out of frame. And it, it gave me goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps now just talking about it, you know, because yeah. you're sitting here and there's something behind you going on that's not even there, you know. You can't even see it. Yeah. And uh, like it was to the point, like, that she didn't believe me, you know, for the first couple minutes. Like, we kind of went back and forth that I swear to you, nobody is here, you know. Sure. She thought I was, you know, playing a prank on her or something like that. And she got a, even a little frustrated at me. So it wasn't just, like, one of these passing things. But uh, so she's like, okay, we're both like, that was fucking weird. And I told her, you know, there had been some weird things that happened in the house. Kind of played it off as that. Who knows? Well, then, like, just about three or four minutes after that, all of a sudden, she's, she like screams and covers her mouth and goes, "There it is! There, there, there it is!" You know, and I, I turn around really quick and there's nothing there. I didn't see anything in, in my Skype window or anything, but I mean, she saw it twice in the span of like five minutes. You know, Lord. So I mean, there's there's definitely weird things that I've been exposed to that I do believe in some type of you know energy, spirit, ghost, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, I. I don't think that they're necessarily something like, you know, you've seen Ghostbusters or Casper or Ghost Hunters or anything that they see on TV. I mean, it could, I'm open to, to it being, you know, an energy, some type of imprint, some type of repetitive thing that gets stuck in time. I have no idea. Yeah. But I know that there's been weird things that have happened and things that I can't explain. And sure. they've happened to me and they've happened to people I trust and loved ones. So, I uh, it's not something that I can easily discount or, you know, uh, just be skeptical about from the start, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, um, I, like I said, I do definitely approach this stuff with, um, with skepticism, but, um, but I definitely want to believe it all. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Definitely want to believe it all. But, well, we're hitting a, an hour. We're just hit over an hour here. Uh, do you want to uh, call this and uh, have this be episode two? Yeah, man, we we definitely can. Let's let's do that. We'll have to we'll have to talk about ghosts as it pertains to horror movies another time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. I know that's a topic that both you and I kind of get into, and yeah, horror movies and, like. Shit, it doesn't even have to be horror movies. I mean, uh, as, as a child, I mean, there's so many cool cool movies and cool films and stuff that just kind of shaped and took up our time and our interest, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s. Things like... Yeah, dude. You know, Big Trouble in Little China. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. You know, Goonies and Ghostbusters oh, and yeah, all man. that type of stuff, you know, and... I don't know. Just oh, We'll have to, uh, we'll to kind of maybe next episode talk about the type of things that... Uh, that we really connected with when we were young. And, uh, and uh, honestly, they're so prevalent in pop culture today. A lot of Tristan watches a lot of this type of stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it's yeah, good, man. Yeah. Let's look forward to that for next episode. And, you know, then the listeners can, uh, you know, tune in and know what to expect and maybe get excited for it. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Heck yeah. All right. Well, uh, this, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Hey, one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm.